0: man one of the dominoes of the coaching carousel has landed in philly lonzo ball's nba future is in jeopardy and the dueling cinderella stories of miami and boston finally comes to an end i'm rosa panda this is the clinic all nba podcasts i have the three hooligans with me jj how you living my friend
1: Ooh, feeling good feeling great how about you
0: man i'm of course feeling good john how you living my friend
2: i didn't win anything but
3: i feel like a winner
0: Sammy, how you living?
3: Smiling politely and very amused. Let's get to the finals.
0: Oh, man. Definitely. We have to talk about Miami and Boston after a crazy Game 6 winner by Derek White after Marcus Smart tries to hit that fadeaway. We come to the Game 7. And Game 7, I thought Boston was going to come out swinging. I thought Boston had this series under control, but Miami and Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin said no, no, no. You, they ended you. up winning 103 to 84. Perfect. Guys, as you're watching this game, what were you thinking after Tatum? The very first play, 26 seconds in. Just, man, sprains that ankle. I'm assuming it sprained. What do you guys think?
2: Forgive me, Boston fans, for saying this, but my immediate thought was, is Paul Pierce going to roll out with the wheelchair or is somebody else going (laughs) to roll out?
0: Oh, oh. Oh, no.
2: I'm sorry. I know that that wound is fresh. (laughs) Low blow. Somebody else go. Somebody else go.
3: Take the the mic away from me. Take the mic away from me. No, it couldn't be a wheelchair that early. No one needed a bathroom break yet, John. It was too early for that. Uh... (laughs) It just, that set the tone. Like, you, you saw it. The minute he was walking and grimacing, you know that even though they didn't say it post-game, Jimmy smelled blood right away, and they just never let up. And it's crazy, man. Uh, game sevens either end up being nail biters or they're blowouts. It's never in between, but when they're blowouts, it's always the home team. And this series, and the, the path, this weird path, it almost feels appropriate that Boston on three and ended up here so
1: here's my hot take Sammy as soon as Tatum got injured I said you know what it brown time Jalen Brown the person who wants to be number one the person who said that he'll be the superstar and you know what he came up with he came up short. Eight turnovers. Eight turnovers, turnovers, John. What was. Oh my gosh. Give the audience the stat line for the threes. One for what? Not one. (laughs) Not two. Not three. (laughs) Not four. Nine. Nine. One for nine. Pun intended for my Heat fans out there. And Jalen Brown. Oh man. I gotta say it. I'm gonna come off as a hater. But I did not like what I saw from him today. No energy, sloppy, no drive. The only person or people, I should say, from the Celtics that came out to play was Derek White. Mm -hmm. yeah, And arguably uh, Robert Williams, who only played 13 minutes.
3: Yeah, that was a weird call in Missoula's part. Sorry, Jim, go ahead. Shoot. Oh,
2: that was me. Oh, sorry, go I'll, ahead, John. I'll t- I'll, you can, I can pretend to be June a row if you'd like as well. <laughs> so, oh, God. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think we talked about this in the last episode, is, just, is that that's what happens when you're down 0-3. I mean, statistically, you mm-hmm. just don't have many chances for things to go wrong, right? Like, yeah. take the Heat, for example. Gabe Vincent got injured, right? But because they were up, still up two games, they have the luxury of losing a game. But with the Celtics, you have one injury at one key moment. Obviously, it was unfortunate it happened in the first play of the game, but they don't have that luxury. And obviously the Heat players could have gotten injured too, but that's why the record is what? Zero and 151 now of teams that are down 0-3 is because everything has to go right. Statistically, guys can get hot for one game. It just, it's so difficult for it to happen. And Boston, give them credit. They were one game away, but that's the, that's why the record hasn't been broken,
3: guys. All right, right right abs- so if abs- Tatum's healthy Did they win does anyone think they would have won if Tatum didn't get her on oh, that play? man this is hard to uh, this is hard yeah. to like think about hypothetically let, let's play a hypothetical game because I honestly have this feeling Miami would have won that game anyway I know hindsight's 2020 but yeah just the energy level is so different I mean I don't know man because Boston was really
0: on a roll and it seemed like Boston does best when their back is against the wall and Tatum was doing things in games five and six that we've been begging for him to do for a long time, which has become like a playmaker. And he was showing like those flashes of being a really good one. And just him hobbled, like the wow. offense was just completely stagnant. I mean, I think Charles Barkley even said like it made him sick mm-hmm. so like a halftime, <laughs> watching what Boston Celtics- Physically
2: like, oh, ill. Yeah. Physically yeah. ill. Right. So I think my yeah. head works. Yeah.
1: Well, and, I mean-
0: Go ahead,
2: to-
1: Would Boston win, Sammy? I mean, when you have your team shoot 9 for 45 on three, threes, this is not a one-game thing. And John, I think you would agree with me. We've been saying this over and over again. They tend, when I say they, the Celtics, tend to use a three as their main weapon on offense when they're not the Golden State Warriors.
0: Yeah, I agree. And what does and, it say? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying like Tate, Tatum is the the part of that that makes that all work. And I think when Tatum went down with that injury, like they just couldn't get in an offensive flow and as we all know when it comes to like shooting three-pointers or these three-point heavy teams, it's all about ball movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like the ball has to touch everyone's hand and They were trying to get things going with Brown initiating offense. I mean, but you saw he's not the same kind of playmaker. Eight turnovers. That's awful.
2: I think we can all come to an agreement, though, right? And I agree with you, is that while we don't know for sure, and it's all hypothetical who would have won the game if Boston may have won if Tatum didn't get hurt, but the game would have been a lot closer. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, we were robbed. A
3: great game seven.
0: This would have been a great game seven.
3: And I guess all of the, what I was just going to say is it's on that exact subject with Brown initiating. Like, what does it say that by the second quarter, Boston was more comfortable going running the entire offense through Derek White than Jalen Brown? Mm-hmm. When we're talking about Brown's yeah. contract coming up, that it felt like he was underrated for so long that in a way, in certain circles now, he's a bit overrated. And I'm not questioning him because of this one game. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's easily a top twenty-five player in the league. But in that situation, with the stakes as high as they could possibly get, they literally ran the offense through Derek White in the second quarter, and the only reason they stopped is because Derek White eventually went to the locker room himself. I think in the third, and didn't, and uh, I believe he didn't come back to play after that. So it just brings up a lot of questions for the future with that pair. They've obviously been very successful, but uh, it was just it spoke volumes to me that in that scenario, with the top guy hobbled they went to a different player to actually try to bring them back and because jalen was struggling so much
0: it's interesting that you say that because like this is a very like what have you done for me lately kind of league and like you said with jalen brown's status kind of undetermined do you guys think that jalen brown actually returns as a celtic next year
2: Mm, million dollar question
1: no, not a million-dollar question, John. A $295 million-dollar yeah. question.
2: Right. You're right. <laughs> is is he worth that sort of squeeze? <sighs> Potential-wise, yes. But again, potential is, is such a tricky thing. There are guys that have so much potential. The question is, is he going to be able to reach that potential and do it consistently? That's a huge question mark. And I'm glad I am not Boston management
3: to make that decision because I don't know. You have to offer him that contract. You you have no choice because if you don't, someone else will offer him a max and he will not take anything. But because of the way the contracts are structured in the league. So the question is, do they trade him before they have to offer him that deal? And
1: here's here's my here's my question now, Sammy, please. And I'll let you guys and all three of you answer this question. Do you do you trade Jalen Brown or Dame Dollar?
0: I
3: would say yes.
2: I would do that if I, I'm I Boston, would do it too. For sure. <laughs> in a heartbeat, yes. Well,
3: because they need a point guard that can handle the ball and be that playmaker when Tatum can't be, because Tatum's obviously not naturally a playmaker and smart isn't either. So that kind of fills what they're missing in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, if I mean if guard. I'm
0: if I'm Boston. Like, I'm, I'm making that trade. I feel like this wow. team is so close. They are so close to winning a chip. They're literally just, like, one or two pieces away. And for some reason, like, this is – it's terrible that they had this, this injury for this game because I'm sure they would have had a chance to go against the Denver Nuggets, which I think they would eventually lose. But I feel like just the potential is definitely there. I just don't know if Jalen Brown is worth that much money where you're going to lose – a lot of this depth, so much of this depth. I don't think it's worth the squeeze to me. The other question here is Missoula. Literally three games ago when they were down 0-3, we were all after this man's job and now did he just save his job here? Did Missoula do it? What do you guys think?
2: It's so funny about this. This topic here is because He came back from 0-3 to tie the series, but there's an argument to be made that a great coach wouldn't be in a position, this position to begin with, with a team this talented, right? Right. So it's kind of that conundrum for me. Optics wise, I do think that he saved his job if he was on the hot seat, assuming he was on the hot seat after being down 0-3, which understandably I think he might have been, but. To come back and tie the series, which I think, I think four only four other teams have done that, right? Down 0-3 and tied it 3-3. Nobody's ever won. Came back mm-hmm. and won, but there's only been a handful of teams that have done it. So to, to be a part of that group, it obviously, you know, the players come into uh, play a big part of it. And JJ will attest to that. But I, I think the coach has a, a strong role in motivating the team and making them believe that they can still come back. And the Celtics, for a moment... There are a lot of people in the country, myself included, that thought they were going to pull this off tonight. But So, I do think the answer is yes, that he saved his job.
3: I think so, too. Uh, I think they're going to go ahead and probably find the strongest person possible that can help on the bench, time management, in-game strategy, things like that, and they'll probably hope he grows into the job. Uh, this is a team that likes stability. I just, I can't see them going through a third coach in three years now that they, he kind of saved face and they can justify it. Gigi, oh. what do you think?
1: I'll go the other take just for uh, entertainment sake. Yeah, they should terminate him. Not that I always cheer for someone getting fired, but like what John said, man, you could argue that they shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. They were favored to win the Eastern Conference Finals and not only that, they were heavily favored to win the chip. Just remember guys that there were a Steph Curry game four, fourth 4th quarter game away in winning it all. Going up 3-1 and same bad habits throughout you know, the postseason last year or from last season and they... Showed up again this year, so yeah, I, I think you just gotta cut, cut it now and improve on those habits, dude.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. I'm, man. I, I think Missoula probably saved his job, but I don't think it should be saved. Just because <laughs> I really feel like they like everyone knows they're the more talented team. Like, everybody yes. knows this, right? Mm-hmm. It should have never come down to a game seven. It should have never come down to a zero three. And you know what? You wouldn't have been down zero three if you were just called, like, well-timed timeouts. Like, what coach doesn't know what to call a good timeout when the other team is going on a run? Like, just end wow. the suffering now wow. and actually, like, coach up your team.
2: Well, we got to yeah. talk about – oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say one more thing. I think, I think it's great that uh, the Heat won this series just because it's a... No, 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 no. Not because I'm a hater, but that's part of it. But also because I think it, it proves that talent alone cannot win you, get you far in the league, right? You have to have a lot more than that intangibles. I did have one more question before we move on, if you guys don't mind. Who's getting more money this year? Quick answers. Caleb Martin, Austin Reeves. Who's getting more
3: money as a free agent? That's a great question, John. The honest thing I'm wondering is the ridiculous cap rules and what the maximum that can be offered to Caleb Martin is. So right now I'll lean Austin Reeves pending the outcome of the finals because Austin Reeves is going to get that max offer from San Antonio that the Lakers are going to have to match. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, no, the Lakers are going to keep him, but they're going to keep him for 24 and a half a year on average. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming.
0: Man, I, I am loving me some Caleb, like Caleb Martin right now. So I'm, I'm going I'm actually, Caleb. I'm going to say Caleb. Yeah. In the situation. I know that um, Austin Reeves plays for the Lakers and they get a lot of, you know, a lot of FaceTime like on TV and stuff like that. But Caleb Martin, he showed he's me the. He's under contract one more year. He has a player from
3: the following year. Sorry. I just want to throw that out there. Oh, oh okay. okay now. I was all curious. Right. Sorry. I'm so, sorry. Mistake. No, no, no. It was I a good he was question. A free agent. No, no. It was a good question, but he is under contract next year for check this number out 6.8 wow what a deal so i think if he repeats that year then he'll get 20 and change a year yeah yeah easy for for yeah. the sake of the question jj
0: if they were both free agents are eligible for like contracts who do you think should get paid more
1: we always hype up postseason performances so you Right now, because it's recency bias, it's Caleb Martin. But people, people who love AR-15, man, Yeah, people that's true. love that guy. He's like the the Jordan Poole of the other persuasion.
3: So you're going, you're going,
0: uh,
3: Austin Reeves here. I would go Austin Reeves. Yeah. I'll but right. stick to that too, because he's also younger, and that matters in the free agent market. That's
1: yeah. also true. The The argument for Caleb Martin was that you could say that he was the most consistent or best player throughout the last seven games where Austin Reeves is either AD or LeBron at number one and number two.
2: I'm manifesting Caleb Martin to get more money. Manifesting it, guys. <laughs> Austin <laughs> Reeves will get half of that. So I'm,
0: I'm going to take us to our next topic here. We have to talk about a finals preview between Miami and Denver. And boys, I mean, Miami sure went through a lot in order to get to these finals. They were an eighth seed. They were in the play in where they lost to Atlanta. We were all thinking, what the hell is going on with Miami? They might not even make it into the playoffs, but they end up defeating Chicago in the second play in. They defeated the Bucks in five, the Knicks in six, and then now the Celtics in seven. And I wanted to ask you guys, I guess on the other side, who do you guys think is going to be assigned to Jimmy Butler who could possibly slow him down that's on the Denver side? Because I I know Denver's defense has been in question at times, and I feel like that's going to be a relatively big problem. So who do you guys think would be the matchup here or the matchup to watch?
2: They're going to start with Aaron Gordon, I would imagine on him. I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is a good defender. I think we can all agree on that. And I think he's going to get in foul trouble. So I'm going to say Aaron Gordon. And then they're going to probably put... um, Actually, you know what? KCP. I'll take that back. I'm sorry. I think KCP yeah. will start with Butler. And then you're going Bruce Brown. Uh, maybe throw some Aaron Gordon on him for some size. So I think they're going to have different looks. They're going to switch on different different people. Do
0: you guys? Do you guys think of that Jimmy Butler is going to have the same success that he had against this Boston team against Denver.
3: I think he might know. have more. Oh, exactly. I think he okay. Yeah, but go ahead, Sammy, you go ahead first. Well, the reason I'm gonna go the opposite way on that is because what we learned in the Eastern Conference Finals is how much the coaching also matters. And give Malone credit, man. He did a masterful job the last few rounds. <laughs> figuring out, maybe he didn't fully limit the stars that they played against, but he did enough to put his players in schemes to to succeed. Like if you look at KD and Booker compared to, they destroyed the Clippers and they went into that series against Denver and their shooting was horrendous and they capped it off in that game six. Davis wasn't that great offensively, defensively it was good, but he wasn't great offensively against Denver either. I just feel like he's figured out which buttons to push. And if you look at Miami purely, and from a talent perspective, relative to the other squads they've played, I think that he's gonna come up with a scheme to limit Jimmy a little bit more and see if like Bam and some of these other guys in addition to Caleb Martin can make up that offense. What do you think, John?
0: You said the other way, right?
2: I said the other way. I think Denver is an up-and-down defensive team. I do agree that the coaching will be better, and they can adjust and, make, and create different schemes, give them different looks. But I think Celtics overall are a better defensive team, and they picked it up in the last three games of the series. Um, which is why Jimmy struggled. And I also think he's a little hobbled, but that's not really an excuse. But I think that he's going to be able to exploit Denver a little bit easier than he did with the Celtics, just based on, and I know Denver has some length, they have size, but again, I always go back to their their defensive, I guess, deficiencies, but they're very inconsistent. And one of the things that I think Miami will be able to exploit is that lack of defense. Boston, again, when when they turned on their defense, they were on, they were suffocating. And I think you saw that in the last three games as opposed to the first three, sorry, the last four games. Um, or last, sorry, game four, five, and six, as opposed to game one, two, and three.
0: JJ, what do you think? Do you think Jimmy Jimmy Buckets is going to be able to get his against Denver here?
1: I think he would. I think uh, the Nuggets defense, though they've been pretty good in the playoffs, they're not as good as the Celtics defense, as John just alluded to. Um, I think the The edge goes in terms of coaching goes to Spo, and I think we're gonna see some pretty cool design from Spo for him to try to neutralize or I don't even know if that's the word to slow down Jokic. What I did like from Spo is that he's never stagnant with his play calling. Like yeah. today, for example, you would see man for the first and third quarter zone That's third zone. and fourth quarter right and then we even saw a little taste of full court press during the third so yeah, i i really like that spo did that and um coach malone even though i like him a lot i don't think he's been in a very high intense postseason situation to be honest
2: yeah like, i don't like. You, you mean so, you mean you mean challenged yeah, I like,
1: kind of agree with that. Not like yeah, this. like what's like a good playoff performance where you're like, oh, the his coaching really played a part.
3: I'd go Phoenix. I'd go this That's, this playoff. I okay. mean, just from star power, mm-hmm. he he did a number on those two guys, and I don't know. Maybe I'm i I feel like I'm gonna be going the other way on not the series pick overall, but the way this series goes down, I yeah i just i'm watching denver i just think they've been very impressive on both sides of the ball for the last two rounds i
2: I, yeah i like the reason why i kind of disagree with that is no i agree with denver but i i think just the coaching i think the coaching might be again maybe overstated just because i mean Jokic and jamal murray were balling right and hitting some ridiculous shots that a coach isn't, it's just like broken plays and they're just hitting shot after shot and KCP is nail, hitting three after three. And a lot of that to me isn't as much as like design or scheme as it is just guys knocking down shots. Now, you can make an argument that the coach is the reason for that as they're putting these players in the best position to do what they do um, and hiding their deficiencies. I can, I can kind of see that. But ultimately, I think that Denver, the players of, of, of Denver are just... They're balling out. So I, I think I don't know if coaching is gonna be that much of a difference here in this series, as I think. But I will agree that Spo is a little bit better. But again, I think it's gonna be up to the players. I think the I only just... way Miami
0: has a chance is if Spolstra does some incredible coaching against Mike Malone, because he's definitely he has to work or he has to get more with less so to speak and I feel like Jimmy Butler is like the key to this and what I want to see from Jimmy Butler and Colt Spolstra is have have Jamal Murray get switched onto him and like tire out Jamal Murray's legs have Jimmy Butler play really physical with him force him to play some physical defense because I don't think I've seen a lot of that out of Jamal Murray and it'll just be interesting to sort of see um I'm going to take us to Denver here so Denver, their path to the finals, they defeated the Wolves in five, they defeated the Suns in six, and the Lakers in a sweep in four. And the question here is, can Miami do anything, or can anyone really do anything to slow down Nikola Jokic? What do you guys think?
3: No. F. Um, okay. <laughs> Go
0: ahead.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I think we're all so, sort of
3: thinking it a little so, bit, right? Yeah. So here, here's the thing for me on, on this question, and what's not going to get talked a lot about in the last round of the playoffs, and frankly, the last round and a half, Bam Adebayo did not look great in this last series. Um, if you look at, it, he had one big game, I think it was game two, and he was decent tonight. He had 12 and 10. He had 11 and 13 last game, but he really wasn't that great and this was against mostly Robert Williams and Al Horford so this is going to be a very very different animal in that regard and obviously they're not going to single him up one on one but I just I don't think they're going to have the bodies like John you were kind of implying this with the last point about coaching in certain regards isn't going to factor in quite as much on certain things just because of the level of talent I think this is one of them and I don't know who's out there that would slow down Jokic. I just don't think Adebayo is that guy. Kevin Love got played completely out of the series because he's so bad defensively. Oh like, man. I just don't think they again. have the bigs that have a shot. So is Swell gonna come up with a great scheme? Sure, I think so. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the bodies to throw that matchup at certain positions, you can scheme up anything you want. It's just not gonna work. So that that's kind of how I feel about this series, particularly that position.
2: Well, I, I, to me, like, the way that you neutralize Jokic is you let him get his. When he becomes a playmaker and he makes everyone around him better, the Denver Nuggets are unbeatable. But if you can neutralize, if you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to let you get 30, 35, but I'm going to limit your assists to 5, 4 or 5. I don't know if that's doable because he's such a good player, but you lock in for the other four guys that are on the court with him. And to me, that's how you beat the Denver Nuggets because he is the most deadly... I mean, he's probably the best passing big man we've seen in the last thirty years, maybe ever. And so, when he, he is on and he's making his teammates better, yeah, and they're getting mm-hmm. in rhythm, the Denver Nuggets are unbeatable. So to me, that's how you scheme around Nikola Jokic. Now it's easier said than done because they're they have a lot of movement, uh, their motion offense sometimes. And so to me, it's 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 that's the focus. So I you know, if I'm a Miami Heat fan, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see. Let Yogesh get his, neutralize everybody else. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay.
1: I was, I was just gonna say that what the Heat have done in a fantastic sense is muck up the game, make it super dirty, ugly, slow pace. If you look at the Nuggets, okay, I, I'm pretend I'm a Heat fan. What I like from what I've seen from the Nuggets is that they've played all finesse teams, Timberwolves. Deemed as soft in the NBA, Suns no deep bench. They play with more finesse with KD Booker. You have the Lakers with AD and LeBron. AD is not a ground and he's pound center. Yeah, he's not. He's it's, not physicality, right? Not really, yeah, thank you. Um, so and remember that if the Heat, which they do great with game film, they look at what Draymond did last year and just. Let Jokic get his, like what John was saying, and make the game and control the pace. That's your key to victory. Now, I wouldn't put my money on the yeet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the only way. Because I know we're talking about the Nuggets. I think it's pretty much stated that the Nuggets are heavily favored. Sammy dropped the line. Sammy, if you want to give our audience...
3: Minus right now. 425 right now, yeah. which is insane for a finals.
0: You know, we're we're all talking about how to slow down Jokic, but, you know, as the great philosopher Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you guys for your series prediction now for the finals here, who's going to win and in how many games? JJ, I'm going to have you go first.
1: Oh man. Oh, Satan. <sighs> I hope it's Heat in seven, but I think it's Nuggets in five. I'm cheering for nug- uh, Heat in seven. And I want to conclude our conversation after the guys' picks with a question. With another question. Sorry.
0: John.
2: My head says Nuggets in six, but my heart says. Miami in six. And I'm going to go with my heart. Go with my gut. I don't hey. know. There's something like I know that Denver is a more talented team. I know that they cruise to the finals. But there's something about this Miami Heat team that every once in a while you get those teams that just win win it all. And inexplicably, they do it with just sheer will. Right? And so I'm rolling with the Heat in this series. Six games.
3: Sammy. My head and uh, my wallet, in some ways, <laughs> says Nuggets in 5. So if those are both wrong, this background behind me that you gentlemen are visualizing might actually be my home by the end of this series. So we're going to go Nuggets in 5.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man. I My brain says that I think the, mug, the Nuggets might sweep. Hmm. They might go 4-0. I know you guys are going for a gentleman sweep. But I think they actually might do it. But like John, my heart really wants Miami in six. That's the pick I'm going to go with. How this is going to go is that Denver is going to come out slow. for that game one, way too much rest. Rest is good, but way too much rest for Denver. They're going to be sloppy a little bit. They're going to steal game one and then win their games at home. I That's love it. Way. Let's
2: go. That's the way am We're going probably to go. gonna look like fools, bro, in like a, a week or two. We're
0: t- totally gonna look <laughs> like fools, and no one bring up my Celt- my Celtics pick either.
2: <laughs> if the Heat win it,
1: best quote unquote wild card team ever. We're talking oh, about it, it's oh, up. There. 2014 Giants, 2000 Ravens, 07 Giants. When it's I say 2014 Giants, I'm saying MLP. Sorry. Best wild card team.
2: It's up there man. I don't know if they're the best but definitely up there. Basketball man. wise? Maybe, yeah, maybe All ever. sports, yeah.
0: Right. I, I'm going to no, put I was
2: basketball for sure maybe.
0: I'm going to put uh, the Ravens last, not just because they beat my team. <laughs> but I'm going to go I'm going to go Ravens last on that one just because I feel like in in football it's like you know any given sunday it's only one game mm-hmm. but in baseball and basketball like you gotta beat them consistently so I, I man with this miami team i i'm gonna put them second in my opinion And that giants team i'm gonna put first just because that story was just crazy the pitching just got super hot it was awesome to see sammy what do you think
3: i'm gonna respectfully disagree with your assessment, because I'm actually going to put that Ravens team first. What? Just because in hindsight, Rod Woodson, Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis, that defense was amazing. And then they had just enough offense to win Ogden and Jamal Lewis that they could run on anybody. But the playoffs for that defense, no one could score. So that's why I'm going that route. Um, Wow. So yeah, I just I nice. thought that Ravens defense was absolutely suffocating, and it was kind of hilarious that they ended up playing of all quarterbacks, Kerry Collins, in the Super Bowl. But that's neither here nor there. So that's just my thought on that. The Heat team, I I put them in a number two also if they pull this off. Uh, with a respectful shout out because no one remembers this team anymore to the '98 '99 Knicks team that made the finals in the lockout years.
0: <laughs>
3: LJ throwing up that big L after a three. I believe against the Heat, if I recall correctly. So, Jake. an honorable mention and a tip of the gentleman's cap to the 98-99 Knicks. We need your take, Jay.
1: Oh, man. I, if the Heat win it all, I'm going to say best wildcard team. But until they do that, 2014 SF Giants with my man, Madison Garner.
0: And, you know, with that, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor.
2: Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor Parlay Play has the best lines to increase your chances of winning it big.
3: Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a new feature called slide the line for for depositing players where users can raise or lower line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. Download the app, indeed. We're going to take us to our
0: next topic here, and we're going to continue to talk about playoffs here. I want to ask you guys what your top three disappointments of the 2023 playoffs. We could talk about players. We could talk about certain plays. We could really talk about anything here. And the first person I'm going to go for right now is John. What are your top three disappointments?
2: Probably the LeBron layup, miss layup, LeBron miss layup, and LeBron miss dunk in game two of, I guess, oh, I guess when we lost by six points. All LeBron James, three
3: disappointments. Go ahead, moving on. Sammy, who you got? Semi-sarcastically agreeing with John. Um, two of my disappointments are Kawhi Leonard's knee and Paul George's knee. Uh, that, that'll be
0: numbers one oh, and two no. there.
3: -hmm. Uh, gotta throw on a serious note, gotta throw the Bucks in there. Uh, can't lose in five as a one seed and I know Giannis missed some time and just as an overall perspective, playoff injuries the last two years. Had too many of them, man. We're not seeing the best of each team because players keep going down, happening again this year. So hopefully next year we'll get a more healthy playoff picture. JJ. All
1: right. This sort of therapy time. I'm gonna go with number one first because it's on my. It's been on my mind. Jun, think you can relate to this? Jordan Poole.
2: <laughs> what a shocker! Jordan Pool, come on, man. At least get one <laughs> damn field goal
1: in the last game. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I is is it
2: when anybody watches Jordan? Sorry, before you finish, JJ, like when you're watching Jordan pull dribble the ball, does it remind you of like a two year old dribbling for the first time? Oh, That's man. What it looks like. yeah.
0: Remember that one time he just like lost the ball and just kept like rolling it out of bounds as it's like stumbling and like falling <laughs> like a baby gazelle? Like that was just completely awful. JJ, you're, you're next, too.
1: Uh, I'm making it super personal. I I'm sorry, not sorry, but number two has to be Clay Thompson shooting 2490. Game six. <laughs> Where the hell are you at? I love you, Clay. You gotta come through game six, baby. Come on. And number three, I'm I'm gonna go with Jalen Brown, man. Jalen Brown talking all that throughout the whole season, saying that he wants to be number one, talking about how he doesn't like Boston. I mean, he was sounding like he was John over here for a second.
0: (laughs) Jalen Brown to Lakers.
2: (laughs) Not at that amount.
0: All right. My number one is also JJ's. It's like Jordan Poole ruining another great Steph Curry season. Jordan Poole getting punched by Draymond, it's like, oh man, it was just awful. The next one is actually not really like in the playoffs, but Mark Cuban, just like ruining like another great Luka potential, like postseason by trading for Kyrie Irving for like their whole depth, hated that move. And then also, even though the Lakers were against my Golden State Warriors, They honestly were so much fun to watch this year. Like, at the end of the season, in the postseason, and to end it with being swept... Like, that is... that is not the way to go. So that was a big disappointment for... like, at least... at least bring this series to six. That would have been, like, more entertainment for us. But I'm gonna take... go ahead. Sorry,
1: dude. I gotta... I gotta be the therapist for all of us. Here's a disappointing thing for all four of us. The California team's not repping in the
0: finals. Dude, mm-hmm. and we had such a good chance too. Four such a chances, chance.
2: man. Four, Four chances, ch- chances all failed, dude.
0: dude that's <laughs> awful.
2: Awful. Aw- yeah, super awful, man. What a man. disgrace for the state. I think I'm going to move out.
0: <laughs> <We're> out. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about our next topic here. The coaching carousel. One of the rocks finally lands, and it's Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is going to be a Philadelphia 76er. I want to ask you guys, how do you guys like the matching of Nick Nurse now with Joel Embiid, potentially James Harden, Tobias Harris, and etc. Do you guys think this was like the right hire here?
3: I mean, I, I think what? Nick Nurse is the best coach in the market. So I don't think there, that he's possibly a bad choice. I did find it interesting that it sounded like he had his choice of Phoenix and the Sixers, and he chose the Sixers. Yeah. So that makes me wonder: do they have a? Does he already have an idea, or did he already directly hear that Harden's coming back? Because as much as we've discussed his playoff performance. It's one of those cap situations where if he leaves, they don't get money to replace him. They're already capped out. Right. So you got to think he's coming back. And that being said, I'm curious as to how he's going to approach this. You got to figure their defense is going to be rock solid with him there. So the fact that he's obviously, he knows how to bring out the best in his players and he wants specifically to coach Embiid. I'm, I'm very excited for this hire for them. I think this was a great hire. Overall. Curious to see how Phoenix pivots from here.
2: That is correct.
3: What do you think, John? Yeah, I like it
2: too. I mean Nick Nurse was Joel Embiid is I mean his his best would be his best big man that he's ever coached, right? Yeah. Yes. By far. Joji Baca doesn't count. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, Toronto. No, yeah. Sorry, Toronto. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he... And Nick Norris, like Sammy said, is a great coach. He's got a lot of experience. I mean, he coached that Toronto team to a championship. Obviously, the ball bounced their way um, favorably with some injuries. And then, you know, Kawhi literally with a bounce in the Eastern Conference Finals in Game 7. So... You know, but still, he's a great coach, um, and so I think he's going to be able to to handle the big personalities over there. And Joel and Joel and Embiid and Sammy made a good point. I think maybe he does have intel that James Harden is coming back, but the reports are that he has a relationship with Daryl Morey and the organization, some some of the people at the organization. So again, I I still think it's the best. He was the best choice, um, best option at this point. So we'll see how it plays out for them. What about you jay
1: i thought he was the best coach out there the only thing that i'll mention that the other feller fellas haven't is uh what the raptor fans have said which is you have all this talent in og siakam and van vliet and where's the playoff push within the last few years the last time you, you made it far was with Kawhi, so 76ers, they're heavily talented, top-heavy. Is he going to get that talent far in the playoffs when he couldn't even do that in a quote-unquote weak
2: East? Do you think... A question about that, JJ. Do you think that's a blemish on the coach, or do you think that's just one of those things that that typically happens like cyclical, right? Where players, you just lose touch with the coach over time, and... Maybe it's just time to move on. I mean, he's been there for five, six, seven years with the same players. And so, is that? Is that? do you think that should be put on the coach? Or do you think it's just one of those environmental things where it's just a change of scenery is, is necessary? That's a great question, man.
1: I think sometimes it's environment, environmental change, right? Like, we see it all the time in relationships where you have two of your friends, they're in a great relationship, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for those people to get married, are are both of them, right? And then for whatever reason, they break up. It's sometimes it's nobody's fault. Chemistry just isn't there anymore, man. And that's just life. So hopefully, Nick Nurse, you found your soulmate in the Sixers. (laughs) (laughs)
2: good analogy but now I'm really sad (laughs) now my outlook outlook, outlook for life is actually very dim at this point I'm just messing
0: I also think it was a great hire I mean the 76ers um they were eighth on defense and I know that Nick Nurse he wasn't dealing with like the type of talent that the 76ers have and the Raptors were like 11th in defense and like 12th in offense during the regular season last year. So I'm I'm kind of curious what the heights are for these Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to take us to our next topic here, Lonzo Ball. So there was a podcast um, with Dan Bernstein, who's from the 670. Of like, According to 670, the score is Dan Bernstein. Um, he was basically saying that there's rumors that Lonzo Ball might not ever play basketball again. And he's saying like, there's reasons why they haven't asked for like a salary exception yet. And he was just basically saying that it looks pretty grim for Lonzo Ball and his future. What do you guys think about what Dan Bernstein has reported here?
2: You are a hater. I hate
1: to say it, but we haven't seen Lonzo play ball in a very long time and with the best professionals and medicine in a in a professional sport where th- you don't even see him practice that's an alarming sign and the report that it's linked to the bbb brand
2: you i know you are a hater i know there
1: are so i've i know there are people like i've read people saying like well i played in in the 80s they played in converse right like it's yeah but they a have sure. an D. they actually they have an r d <laughs> department exactly and my my argument is that bbb i've never heard people say that it's cutting edge technology and number two You're dealing with these professional athletes that are quicker, stronger, faster. They're practicing nonstop. They're they're hitting the weights. They're conditioning, shooting, dribbling in these shoes. The one thing that you need in basketball are your shoes. So not to be a hater, but I am being a hater. I'm 100% agree
2: with you. I think it like we can all speculate and it's easy to point the finger at these triple, these big baller brand shoes that that the kids used to wear his kids used to wear. But like, for real, think about it, the shock absorbers, all of the things that you need. And the, we're not even talking about recreational 24 hour fitness basketball. We're talking about yep. professional athletes getting bang, like, like big bodies, bouncing up and down, jumping, jumping and, and dunking the ball. And like, I, don't want to, I hate to say this, but look at Lomelo Ball, too. He actually fractured his most recent injury. He fractured his ankle on a non-contact play. And then your mind starts to think about, well, maybe it was all those years was, when he was younger playing in these awful shoes that didn't support his feet, didn't support his ankles, and you're yeah, jumping up that. and down repeatedly on concrete. So for me, it's like, you can never 100% factually say, oh, we correlated the shoes with these injuries. But I honestly think there's a high probability those are the that's the those, that's a huge factor here.
0: I'm I'm with you, John. Like to the people that are saying like, oh yeah, they used to play in Converse and stuff like that. Show me show me a mixtape of like violent crossovers <laughs> in like the 70s because I right. bet I bet you that shit does not exist. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like man. this is like a weak like a weak ass defense,
3: uh, Sammy. Y- yeah, and. Just going further along those lines, man, I was just reading up a little bit because this is a sad story, man. Lonzo is really becoming a, a very good player, and you don't want to see a player's in, or uh, career potentially cut short because he's still a young guy. I think he's, what, 27, 26, maybe? 26,
2: 27,
3: yeah. Yeah. Man. And I came across this old uh, podcast he did with Jason Hart. This goes all the way back to 2019. But what he said on that podcast is that he used to bring four pairs of shoes to every game. Because he knew they would break and he had to switch them out every quarter. no. He wow. said that himself. That. And then he also made the statement that because they were my shoes, I had to debut them, but I hated them. And right when I switched my shoes, I magically got good again. These are exact words from Lonzo Ball. I do that. So wow. That's sad, man. That's a sad story. It yeah. also just makes you wonder. How much pressure he was clearly under from his family to like, keep marketing yeah. the brand and what it could potentially cost him so i really hope he comes back but we can correlate on some level i know they'll never be able to say for sure this is what the cause is but reading stories like that from him you gotta think that's this is all correlated so really sad story john are you finally gonna cancel your order that you ordered like four <laughs> years ago for those those
2: a hater First of all, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> secondly, <laughs> secondly, yeah, I, I definitely took out a loan just to pay for the $4,500 price tag for one of the pairs.
0: <laughs> We're going to take us to the next topic here. We got to talk about Scotty Pippen because he's just been saying some crazy stuff lately. Um, Scottie Pippen, he called his former teammate Michael Jordan, a horrible player. He said this quote. I've seen Michael Jordan play before he came to the Bulls. You guys have seen him play. He was a horrible player. He was a he was horrible to play with. It was all one on one. His shooting bad shots. All of a sudden, we became a team and we started winning. Everybody forgot who he was. He was a player that really winning wasn't at the top of his top of his category. It was scoring. Shots fired once again by Scottie Pippen at Michael Jordan. What do you guys think about Scottie Pippen's take here? Does it have like any validity here?
3: I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito. (laughs) Someone please, please. Yeah, who wants to who wants to take this?
2: I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito.
3: Nobody wants to take this. (laughs) (laughs) It It just this just screams. I am eternally bitter that you got all the accolades, you came out with the documentary, and now just to top it off, your son is with my ex-wife. There's just <laughs> There's just nothing good about I mean I'm not trying to hate, but these are facts. Are you gonna come out and call Michael Jordan a horrible player. Like just
2: stop. Just stop. yeah, that's he's, like, he's like the dumbest man. that's
3: that's really dumb when he said
2: he's a horrible player. But like okay, to play devil's advocate, but also to to kind of just start a debate here because there is I think there is a little bit of validity in his last part where he said he wasn't focused on winning and he was a one on one player taking bad shots. I mean, the reality is he was probably a rookie, maybe the first couple years into the league. I think the Bulls drafted him in '84, then they drafted Scottie Pippen in '87. And so there was those probably those first three years. The Bulls were not a good team. They didn't have Phil Jackson as a coach, Um, and and Michael still carried that team to the playoffs against the Celtics, where he dropped what sixty four as a Mm -hmm. rookie. Yeah, I don't know if how many it was sixty something, but like, of course you're going to start winning when you have a better team. That's any player in the league, any legendary player, any role player. You have to have a good team. It's a team. It's a team sport. I mean, Kobe didn't win until he had Shaq. Or Shaq didn't win until he had Kobe, and Kobe didn't win until he had Paul Gasol and Lamar Odom, and, you know, Steph didn't win without Clay and Draymond and all these guys, like, that's just how it works. It's not a one-man crew, so, that's the only thing I would say about it, but everything else is ridiculous. Horrible player, I mean, come on, that's just, like, <laughs> why are we even entertaining that? Scotty doesn't know, man. I love it's that just, movie.
1: It's just funny, it's like, I, I imagine, like, at a party, someone you're saying, like, wow, he's really mad, like... Did someone sleep with his wife? Did it's like no? Well, Michael Jordan didn't sleep with Scottie Pippen's wife, but his son did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh 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 that, well, this that makes, sense makes though. that makes sense, right? And I don't know, I don't like to joke about mental health, but Scottie Pippen, maybe you should talk to a therapist, man. I think you need to get some help, especially with that popcorn that you've been making my guy
0: what are those crazy flavors like kale with uh like lavender scent yeah. Like, uh,
2: did you get a hey Jay? did you get a uh, refund from all the bags that you purchased from, uh,
0: from whole foods you buy oh, them in man. bulk or what <laughs> yeah this isn't just a ridiculous Brat. take i have no idea what scotty say, Pippen is saying but with that that's actually all we have for tonight's pod i want to thank you three for being on jj
2: thanks for being on man thanks everybody
0: she knows she loved Jay because...
2: john thanks for
3: being on thank you miami denver let's go i'm
0: detective john
3: sammy thanks for being on man always good to be here man excited to talk about game one on thursday Sam- and of course, shout out to our video
0: producer, RJ. Remember to RJ! check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Chill out. What?